Hi, I'm your host, Kimberly McKay. Welcome to A Novel Thought. Today, my guest is Lisa Renee. Lisa is a third-generation Aussie living in Perth and a Christian fiction romance author, but even writers have day jobs. Lisa, a wife and mother of seven, enjoys developing businesses and even branded a manufactured and organic smoothie and a range of lattes, which she's sold in Australia. She's obviously a very creative and industrious lady whom I thought would be a fun guest. Lisa, welcome, and thank you for being with me today. Thank you, Kimberly, for having me. Welcome. I have to say, first off, that I love your book, Polarized Love. I'm about 70% of the way through, and I wanted to have it finished, but there's only so many you know, irons in the fire that I can put off until just sitting down and reading flat out, which I think is a problem with a lot of busy moms these days. But I was more than willing to try for your book, so that says something. So thank you for <laughs> putting out quality writing. That I, What I love about your voice is some Christian writers are... And I don't want to say this in a demeaning way at all. They're, they fall flat in the fact that they're trying so hard to be clean and wholesome that they don't develop their characters to re, into real people. Because we live in a world with real people that have quirks mm. and flaws and issues. So you don't write with rose-colored glasses, which is what I love about you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So tell me about why you wrote Polarized Love. Tell me about the concept behind it and why you started Okay, my first series I've based on real life people. So this is my third one. It's based on a family member, a new family member. It's actually um, my father-in-law, his wife passed away and he's remarried. So the main character, Beth, is based on this woman who is my new mother-in-law. She once married someone who had some mental health issues. I've fictionalised her story I've given her a much happier ending than what was in real life. But so what I like to do is I love to have humour and fun and romance, uh, you know, plot twists and things like that. But there will be something in the story that's a real life um, lesson for Christians and for relationships, but also for the church in general that, you know, we don't, we understand people better. We have compassion and not, mm-hmm. not full of judgment. So I try to have a, a sound balance for mental health for someone who is experiencing mental health illness and someone who's on the other end being affected by someone who has mental health issues. So it's not a heavy subject in the book. Uh, my book is has lots of humour and fun. We don't make fun of light of mental health, but the romance and the flirting and everything like that. So there's a love triangle in there and, you know, great plot twist. There is a life lesson in there as well. The very second when I started your book, I thought, I know I'm going to enjoy this. I have a very similar structure as you. I like to write about real people who have fun. There's always a little bit of humor. There's always a little bit of quirkiness. And and we all put ourselves in our books, right? So you're a funny lady. I've seen some of your video trailers. I know that they would have humor in them because that's you. And we write who we are. We put a little bit of our heart in each of these books. So the second that Beth throws up on someone, I'm like, oh, I'm going to love this book. Because I just (laughs) released one where she knocks somebody unconscious. That's the start to mine and yours is vomiting. And I'm like, yep, this is this is a match made in heaven as far as conversations go. So congratulations on a great book so far. I can't wait to get to the end. I'm sad when I get to the end because I love these characters and I don't want to let them go yet. But I'm really enthralled with the way you write. So thank you. You're welcome. So let's talk business for a minute. I know that you've done some things as far as food. Is food your passion for starters or health? Uh, yes, I have a passion for chemical free lifestyle. Obviously, you know, we're in a world where there's a lot of cancer and things like that. You know, I I got into health and that kind of stuff before I had anyone personally affected by cancer, but both my mother and my husband's mother have passed away from cancer. One in 
three women and one in two men by the time they're 80 have some kind of form of cancer. So I adopt a lifestyle of chemical free if I can. You know, I'm not really a health freak anymore, <laughs> but I did run a, a, an organic business, a food delivery business, um, Perth Organics in my state. I did that for five years and managed that. I started that from the ground up. And then later on, I went into actually manufacturing a latte range and smoothies, certified organic products, little changes that we can make. You know, we've got to do something different mm-hmm. or else we're just going to get the same results. So little changes and we live healthier, longer lives. <laughs> I think it's a great contribution. I'm, I'm of the same mind. We use a lot of products that are paraben free and um, we try to look for things that are that have no carcinogens from makeup to laundry detergents to eating clean. So when I saw that you did this, I wondered if it was just, hey, did she wake up one day and want to create a smoothie? Or, you know, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Did you go to school? Do you have a business degree? Tell me about the background. Okay, so my parents aren't entrepreneurs, but, you know, from a child, uh, back in the day when it was safe to go door-to-door selling things, (laughs) I would make something on my school holidays. I'm talking about being a kid. Um, I remember grating soap bars and then adding water to and mixing up and making like a laundry mix. That's amazing. <laughs> and putting it in jars and selling it door to door and people would just, you know, feel, oh, wow, that's great or sympathise with me. And um, I would, you know, only be charging 50 cents or a dollar. Um, and I, I remember actually cutting flowers from people's yards and my own yard and um, making bunches of flowers and selling them. So, yes, <laughs> started very young. And then I, uh, when I was 19, I had some experience in sales and marketing when I was studying. And then I helped a friend. I was his marketing manager for a year, helped his business. And then at the end of that year, I said, hey, I've set up these systems for you. You're doing great. I've actually got a business idea. I want to start my own business. And then I started Christian Essentials, which was like a book catalog, mail catalog. And this is back in the day when in Australia, it was 1998, people were still a bit hesitant putting their credit card details online. (laughs) So I did have a website. So that was my very first business, which I sold to my sales rep. And um, I would sell a business and then I'd think of another one. And that's really cool. Start it from the ground up. So I guess some people plant churches and start churches. And I start businesses. So, <laughs> have you ever thought about doing something like Shark Tank? I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, with the lattes and the smoothie blocks, I did go pitch that. So, what happened is I was marketing for a company doing dropship marketing for, for 10 years. So, like, I would advertise online with Google Ads, get the sale, and then that was send it direct to the customer. This was organic products. And they said, we're going to venture into some different lines and anyone wants to come up with an idea and pitch to us at a come over to Queensland um, on the other side of Australia and so yeah there was 10 to 12 people pitched an idea so most of them were startups that already had a business going of some food business and so my husband and I we did some market research we surveyed people we came up with a product idea came up with the recipes he's great with graphics we got the labels done like just from Vista Print just some mock-ups and did projections and we have public speaking background and he's a bit of a preacher (laughs) so he preached a message basically that's awesome idea and I was just like whoa and they said yes we love this so there was two people that they said yes to two groups of people and they said go back to your state and start it up and then show us how how it goes and then they consider manufacturing it for us so yeah so we went back and we started promoting it and then it was in all sorts of stores in Australia and 
basically that's how it went from there. That's really cool. Do you have anything in the works right now that you're doing as far as any new ideas or concepts? Well, what happened is it was doing doing quite well, but it was certified organic. So there's requirements and there's costs involved. Sure. There was a bit of a dip in the market coming in our state, um, in the economy. I just signed a contract for five books um, with a small publisher, Celebrate Lit, um, and that was coming up. And my desire was just about writing fiction now. And it was sort of like I had to, you know, I'm obviously, you know, I'm a mum of seven. Right, right. <laughs> and I had to decide to let that business go. So we just told our sales reps in the other state that we were operating in and then slowly closed it up and sold stock. So, but yeah, we, we didn't lose any money. You know, I always do cash positive make money, invest it back in the business sure. and no loans, that kind of stuff. So congratulations on that. That's pretty amazing. It's very impressive. So you touched on writing. What inspired you to start writing? Obviously you just signed a contract. So congratulations on that too. Has it always been in your heart since you were a child or was it something that came along later in life? Yeah. So it came later in life. I was living in a sort of smaller country town for a little while and was in a book club and I started reading books, fiction again. Like before that, I was just nonfiction, you know, Christian living sort of type books. I didn't actually know that there were many Christian fiction books. Either I'd read One Night with a King, Tommy Tenney, many years ago. I, I thought there was just only a handful, you know, Frank Peretti and that kind of love stuff. Him. Um, love Frank and Peretti. And then I found my friend Lemmy Francine Rivers, one of her books. And then, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I was hooked. That's awesome. <laughs> and then I found out, oh, my library had all these books and online. <laughs> and, and I just became, you know, I was just reading three novels a week just loved it and then but I was seeing a lot of fiction that was about first time romance you know obviously there's a little bit of thing of them getting together but then you know they're together and happily ever after but right. I'm an older I'm in my 40s and I have lots of friends and Christian friends where things haven't really gone to the plan that they thought you know right. and I wanted to send a message for people whether they're single or single again um, not to rush into relationship obviously in a book you've got to have it sort of happening <laughs> in, a, in a certain time frame but there's other bo- <laughs> things that need to be ticked and just like oh they're a Christian and we're attracted to each other and let's go for right. it um, so I did my series my first series is a about women who um, it's their second marriage or they've had a really disastrous first relationship or something like that. I think that's what I like about your books is that they're complex. They're not two-dimensional. Again, we talked. I talked earlier about how some books just so, fall flat because they're so sweet, which is great. You can have sweet, but I think sweet and saucy is so much better. Um, so I like that your <laughs> books are sweet and saucy. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and I love that, you know, that like you and I mentioned, we like spunk. So I like that mm-hmm. Beth has spunk and that she's not afraid. And she's got issues with, you know, her first relationship. We all have issues. So why not point them out? And let's talk about real life. So thank you for putting a book out there that someone like me can relate to. You touched on the writing market where you live in. Has the market changed to where you've seen more Christian writers now? Right. So there are still a lot of Christians in Australia that don't realize how many Christian books are out there. We have a chain of bookstores called Kurong or Word Bookstore. Then there's some independent ones. But basically, a lot of it is Christian living, children's books. And then there are gradually getting a few romance books and things like that. Francine Rivers is, the, you know, the popular yeah. one and Karen Kingsby. But 
definitely. Like we do have a history of Christian heritage, but we don't have a high population of active Christians. So there'll be people say, you know, on the survey that they've got a Christian, a Christian or Christian background, but they're not actively going to church or anything like that. Grandmother was Christian or something like that. So I, I've chosen to market my books for the American audience. So I use American spelling. I have an American character, main character in my books and the, my series, I have an Australian character. I wanted to show off Australia and for Americans to experience coming to Australia in my fiction and because, you know, I've read a lot of history with America and all this stuff that I don't know about America, right. I've been able to explore your country through books and we have a beautiful country. Um, we have beautiful, clean beaches. It's so pretty here. So I wanted to share that, but I do have to, my critique partners help me with words like uh they like what is that you know and they yes. change it. so so for example like we a weed whacker we call it a whippersnipper <laughs> oh wow I said weed whacker oh that's so funny <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh we call it a whippersnipper but a whippersnipper is pretty funny too so my first experience was a young girl in Alabama I was in sixth grade and a student had come as a exchange student and she was from Australia and she used words like rubber for an eraser and I'm like, rubber for an eraser. I'm like, it's an eraser. She's like, no, for us, it's a rubber. And I'm like, I'm sure I'm butchering an Australian accent right now. But her name was Cherie. <laughs> she was the sweetest girl. Any Australian I've ever run into has been so super sweet. So it's just really nice to hear some of these words from you. What other? What are some other words that you've run across that might be completely different? So in our, our car, um, we, we have instead of a trunk, it's the boot. So, you know, throw it in the boot. Mm-hmm. Well, that would sound so weird to you guys. <laughs> yeah, so car terms and things like like with gear stick and all that. I've had to like ask, you know, oh, what's your, what do you use and that kind of stuff. So Aussies are known for slang. Well, if you ever need someone to run a word by, you can always use me as a reference going forward as well. It's always fun. Awesome. What do you like readers to know about your books? As far as some of the things we've talked about, those are the obvious. Is there something else about your books that you would love for our readers here in America to know about? My fiction is entertaining. It's fun, lighthearted, but the takeaway value, so whether you've experienced it yourself or it's, it, it might be something that you can, one day you've got a friend or someone in church is going through this experience that you will have more in compassion, more insight and less judgment. Basically, that's the takeaway value. Like we need God's grace and um, doesn't mean that we go and sin and do everything, but God is into the restoration business. So amen. that's what I want him to be glorified and say, yes, it is possible and we can be forgiven, but also restored. I'm not very preachy in my books. There might be a pastor or something in there, then obviously they get to preach. (laughs) But yeah, the message comes through with the showing basically through the characters and their transformation. I can experience that firsthand and, and attest to that. I, I love that your characters have different perspectives of faith. For example, it was Nick, right? Nick is mm-hmm. the... So his perspective of faith is different than Beth's. And they're both looking at each other going, well, why is it he doing it this way or she doing it this way? It's okay to like think outside our box and look at someone and going, they're doing it different. And it's not like me. Overall, it's God's Mm. plan, his redemptive quality that gives us grace. And so you actually Mm. do show grace in your books through these characters, even though they do it differently. I love that. Mm. So what are some of the misconceptions about Australia that Americans get wrong? 
one annoying thing that I find is like it's it's Australia has done this. Like some of the movies that we've we've done, are they they really go for the stereotype ochre male, like um, Crocodile Dundee. Oh yeah, but then there's <laughs> Nicole Kidman in Australia. Um, that one that's in the olden days Australia. So there you go, and it's he's in the outback. Australian men are nothing like that. <laughs> you know, maybe in the pubs or something there might be a few ochre. Aussies but yeah that I just cringe when I see those movies also we don't have kangaroos you know everywhere in our backyard or you know we don't see them that often we do have to go to the zoo to see our koalas we don't see koalas wow Um, but if you do travel about an hour out you go out bush you can see some kangaroos and that kind of stuff. So I just posted something on Facebook. My husband's taken my boys camping and they saw a kangaroo. <laughs> I would have assumed that they'd be kind of like Florida, that you see crocodiles in the backyard that come up from the waters, the bodies of water out of the swamp. I would have assumed wow. in Australia that you would have little roos jumping around. So as far as types of writers, those that have stories breathing through them, kind of like you, that wake up brimming with ideas. And then there are those who dream of being a writer but can't wrap their head around where to start. What sort of advice would you give someone, a new writer in Australia or a a new writer in America? What were some of the things you learned that you can share as far as some advice? Okay, so when someone starts, you know, they want to write a book, they get this idea, you know, they might just go for it and just start writing it. And that's, that's great. You know, you've got to start somewhere. But I did that with my first and I spent like a year and a half fixing it. But it was like my writing course, you know, like I learned so much and it got edited so many times. I submitted it to critique partners again and again and restructured things. Um, funny enough, it did end up being act one, two, three, you know, like it was, did have some structure to it, but there was a lot of work I was doing, you know, a lot of telling instead of showing that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, so, yeah, I was just reading, reading craft books, applying that to my manuscript. Now I've discovered there's this awesome software called Plotter, which, you know, there's templates and you can just, you know, rather than just writing it down, uh, you can actually just use a template. I'm not like strict on formula. You know, I have an outline, I have my chapters outlined, but I get very creative and like things can change. And, you know, I surprise myself and some, it's really cool, you know. And if they were starting out a new writer, would you tell them to stick with plot structure? Would you tell them just to brainstorm on paper yeah, well, some people prefer paper. Um, my husband likes mind maps. He works well like mm-hmm. that. He's very creative. He writes, does children's books. And so he's very, he's an illustrator, so he draws. So that's great for him, you know. But the basics would be just, you know, say you want to write 30 chapters, you know, chapter one, this this happens, this, this da, 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 da. But yeah, so many great YouTube videos about structuring a novel. It's fantastic. I should do more of that. I'm not a structure <laughs> person per se. Um, someone might read my book and go, oh, I can tell. But I, the format is in here, and I just it just kind of flows for some reason. So I should be practicing more with format formatting products. So thank you for sharing Plotter. I will go check that out. <laughs> Have you plugged into any writing groups or had any critique partners that they're there locally we do have critique groups and we have organization called Amiga Christian Writers they were meeting once a year in a big conference but now it's bi- biannually 
they're really great um, guest speakers. We had Steve Lobby. I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> Probably say it with the wrong accent. Um, we've got Susan May Warren coming. Hopefully if all the restrictions are off. She was going to come this year, but it's delayed to October next year. It's mainly communicating online because of the distance, you know, mm-hmm. because Australia is really huge. <laughs> and I'm on the other side. I'm in Perth, Western Australia, so I'm way away from everyone else. But, yeah, the American market is big and I've connected with my American author friends. I've got my best friends right now as far as authors are my critique partners morning and night we're messaging each other and um, doing our journey together. So Who great. are some of your favourite American authors that you work with? Well, the American authors I'm working with, they're, they're indie authors. Um, well, they, or they, they're, they're with small publishers as well. So Yay, we love um, indie. <laughs> <laughs> So Tamitha Baldwin, um, mm-hmm. Naomi Craig, Sarah Beth Williams and Donna Lane uh, um, are my critique partners. I love Donna. And <laughs> so we're really connected and I'm working with Celebrate Lit so I know a bunch of authors from there. And my Australian friends, Caroline Miller, she does historical fiction but she's doing some contemporary at the moment with Celebrate Lit. She's in the Ireland series that I'm going to be in next year. Yeah, so we just, we're just networking. We share our journey together. That's great. That's great. I think everyone needs a support group like that. Uh, when you're on an island, I know that you're on an island, don't get me wrong, but when you're on an island, it's kind of hard to learn and grow as a writer when you only see one perspective or you have one plane. And so all these different people that can come in and give you some different viewpoints and some different input, it's just going to make someone that much better. So it's good that you have that. That's one point I would tell anybody starting out is find a network of writers to help you you're not the smartest person in the world. I know I'm not, not you as in you, Miss Lisa. I think you're brilliant. <laughs> but in general, um, we all like to think we know it all and we, we don't. We we need others to help us grow and to help us nurture our word, our written word into a picture. And also writers are at home a lot or in their office, but you know, they're home a lot and writing, editing, and then they've got to do the marketing. Even yeah. if you're published, traditionally published, you have to do a lot of marketing. Mm-hmm. So you're there home a lot on your computer. That's the great thing with being online. We're all sharing, connecting, and uh, there's a lot of introverts out there too that are writers, not me, but, you know, they're able to connect. Great system we have. Social media has brought us together. You know, we, we can use it for good. We can use it for good. There's a lot of negative out there. That's where you just unfollow people. Um, if you have to block them, that's fine too. But continuing <laughs> putting out positive messages to balance out the darkness, I'm a big believer in that. I don't believe in just running away and saying, I'm never doing Facebook again. Unfollow people. <laughs> so for anyone listening, if you've not read Polarized Love or anything by Miss Lisa, I would highly recommend it. I've really enjoyed it. I'm going to have your links put in the description of the podcast, but for anyone that would be interested can you tell us the titles real quick and you said that there is a series are they all series do you have any standalones it's in a series but they are standalone so you can pick whichever one that suits you in the first one more than a second chance Chris and Cassie are the main characters and they are in all the books they're not main features in the others but they slip in there and they're mentors to the characters in the books the second one is Acres of Promise and the third one's Polarized Love beautiful before we sign off, what is a desire of yours as far as writing in the international marketplace? Okay, well, uh, with my first series, like I've said before, I just sharing Australia and sharing our beautiful country and our culture with Americans. 
yeah, I think that's great because we're learning a lot from you guys and we would love to share our culture with you. Polarized Love released September 1st. For anyone that hasn't picked up Lisa's books, I highly encourage you to go pick them up. They're easy to read. It's theater of the mind. You you initially feel like you're part of the team as these characters immediately grab you off the first page, especially Polarized Love from when Beth vomits on someone it just got me. It made me laugh. And anything that makes someone laugh, we're obviously going to tune back in. We're engaged. You're going to get, you're going to delve into these books and it's going to be something that you'll be thanking me for later. So check her out. Thank you, Lisa, so much for everything that you've shared with us today. It was beautiful talking to an Aussie and understanding more about your culture and the cross of cultures and how difficult that can be when it comes to communication. And I think you've done a fabulous job of pulling that off in your books. Right. And please, everyone, you know, just reach out, say hi, friend me on Facebook. And us authors, we aren't scary people. We're just normal people like you. And we want to hear from you. And we want to have a friendship and, you know, reach out anytime. Thank you so much for listening to A Novel Thought. This has been Kimberly McKay with Lisa Renee. And we are looking forward to hearing from you on social media. 